Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Callbacks and Paper Jams. My name is Thomas Times. I've got an awesome guest with me today. His name is Devonte McLean. Everyone, welcome, Devonte. Hey, Devonte, how you doing, man? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm feeling really grateful. You know what I just realized though? I like introduced you as if I've got like a studio audience in front of me. Yeah. And I don't, so I don't know why I did that, but I'm gonna stick with it. I kind of was I I kind of like wanted to hear some sort of applause before they said your name. Because I feel like eventually one day people are gonna be hearing your name and applauding. So Thank it you. might not be happening yet, but soon. Yeah, no, definitely. We just gotta manifest, you know, we put yeah. it in an atmosphere. It's so. starting. It's starting. I feel like you're starting to starting to gain some real traction, at least from what I'm at least from what I'm seeing. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Like it's it's uh definitely been a humbling experience. I mean to I have something that you really enjoy doing, but also put it out there for other people to critique and listen to and for people to appreciate it is yo no that's real yeah no I've, i'm feeling the exact same way like when you work so hard at something and you're like and you're like yo i like this but and you're okay with you just liking it but you also want other people to like it too it's hard it's a hard place to be at absolutely and especially yeah. when i know you with something else yeah you know what i'm saying it's it's kind of hard for to change someone's mind and perception about you you know what I mean? If you've been playing, like I've been playing sports for so long, it's like, oh, now you do music. We don't know what this is going to sound like. And especially in a time where everyone can kind of like do music. Or yeah. Music, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. No, that's real, man. That's real. You know what? So, you know, I, I'm, we just started talking. I didn't even tell people about you. So let me tell, <laughs> let me tell the people out there a little bit about you. So, um, Devonte is a teacher. He's a deep thinker. He's complicated. He's a dreamer and a goal chaser. And let me tell you guys, that's, that, that's only like, six words or seven words that describe Devante. And, but let me tell y'all, um, I've known Devante for a little, um, a little around a year now, I think. And, um, he, um, we work at the same school, Kip Valiant in East Palo Alto. And he came in as a, um, sub, uh, a sub para to sit with one of my students. Um, one of my, one of my homies. And, um, we kind of hit it off right away. Like, the kids in my class fell in love with him. I think me and Mr. D at the time were the only two black males, males. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think we were the only two right. black males that worked at our school. So like, I think the kids, it was funny that they put us together. And I think the kids don't really get to see a lot of black people. Like I remember when we, when I first got hired, they kept calling me black Panther. And then when I got, then when I got my braids, they started calling me Killmonger. So it made me think the only black people they knew were me and T'Challa. Which I was like, that's cool. I mean, those are two cool examples, I guess. And then when they when they met you, I was like, oh, cool, another black guy that they can look up to and see that just see dope blackness because they don't really get to see it a lot. That's so cool. I was really, um, so I was really excited that we got to work together. And and then Mr. D is like a musician now. He and he's a dope rapper, and he just is a really cool guy. So y'all y'all are in y'all are in for a ride for today. You ready, Mr. D? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh yeah, and I apologize if I slip into calling him Mr. D. That's what all the kids call him. That's what we call him. At work. So it's, it's, I'm gonna try to call him Devonte during this, but I will end up slipping and calling him Mr. D. So y'all just get ready. <laughs> so um, Devonte, I um, basically with this pandemic, the thing that you've been really focusing on has been this music thing. So tell me how how did that transpire for you? Because obviously it's not something that it's not something that's new to you during this pandemic, but it's something that you really started going full force in during this time. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's, what's funny is before the pandemic even happened, um, 
I had just finished wrapping up football season in Canada. I was in the CFL for a little bit. I was on the practice squad and they were, um, I was supposed to be going back for the following season. Mm-hmm. And something- Wait, about, when was this? This was at the end of 2018, I want to say. Got it. Yeah, end of 2018. And I got back to California and something about being in the CFL just didn't do it for me. Though it was a big accomplishment. Like it is one of the big accomplishments. Like for y'all who don't know Canadian football league. So that's like yeah. NFL is top tier. Canadian football league is like one step down. Yes. Yes. So he was, he was basically like Canadian royalty. <laughs> I was trying to get there up there with Drake and the cast of Degrassi. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> um, Did you ever meet Drake? Did he ever come to any of your games? No, I oh. didn't. Um, but I have, I have an idea or, a dream that we'll meet one day and do music. So oh, it will happen. It we'll will happen. meet eventually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was something about being in the CFL just didn't do it for me. I, like I thought it would. I thought I was going to be happy, fulfilled, and felt like I had made it and accomplished something big, and it just didn't do that for me. Um, and so I remember talking to one of my best friends. His jersey is actually number seventy-eight right there. He plays for the New York Jets. Nice. And I was like, man, you know, for the off season, I think I want to try and work in the music business. I had always like dreamt about being in the music business, but never creating. Um, just out of obviously just fear of uh, judgment and what people would think, and even being good at it. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I just want to work in a building. I want to work on a team, maybe like marketing or something. Like I just know I can put my brain to something and go hard for someone else, like to help push someone else. He was like, okay, well, where do you want to start? And there's this uh, distribute this distribution company in San Francisco named Empire. Or called Empire. And uh, I was like, I want to work at Empire. I want to get in the building. I want to work at Empire. And so he's like, all right, well, what's the steps? What do we need to do? Like, we should just, you know, let them know your situation and try to get in the building. Um, and so I was nervous about doing it. I knew I wanted to do it in, like, a real specific way. Um, it ended up, like, we ended up, like, forgetting about that idea. Um, and then my cousin, who was actually a rapper in the Bay Area, who's he has a lot of bu- uh, a lot of buzz. His name is All Black. Um, he is signed by Empire, and I went to a show of his, and I saw him on stage, um, in front of the crowd, performing his stuff. They knew word for word, and it was something about that that I was just like, man, I think I can do that. I was like, I think I can do that. You know what I mean? Um, and I was like, you know, what, I'm gonna just start. So one day, his older brother took me to a studio. We were just sitting there like playing around with stuff. Um, I wrote a verse to something, we made it. And the engineer was like, you sure this is your first time ever doing it? I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, you don't sound like it's your first time. You know what I mean? So I probably like two more times after that, I, I went to like two more sessions. Um, and he was like, yeah, I think you should try and release some stuff. So that, that was at the end of, or the top of 2019 or middle 2019. And I still didn't know. I still didn't know because I'm like, man, like, what if I'm not good? What if I come out and just flat? What if I come out and just fail? Like, you know, and what am I going to talk about? You know, it was a bunch of a bunch of thoughts going through my head. Oh, that's real. Um, and I didn't want to be like everyone else. Not that that's a bad thing. I just wanted to I knew I wanted what I stood for in my music to be separate from. I wanted to stand for something. That means Yo, something. you're dropping so much truth right now. I feel like. To your first point about just not wanting to that whole fear of judgment is such a such a thing that anyone that creates anything feels and it's so funny that after all these after 
basically generations of creating that that piece has not changed no matter who you talk to no matter what level they get to there's a certain point where you want your stuff to be accepted just because that's human nature and no matter like you can be at the top of your game be the best in your field but you're still worried that someone could not like your stuff absolutely and And it's hard and you got it but you got to push through it and figure out how to move past that because if we all get there we're never going to be able to move one thousand percent you got to go regardless so you just got to go or either or don't you know what i mean like one of those outcomes is for certain and like you'll it'll never happen if you never try you know that for a fact yeah other side obviously is you could like it could happen um and so yeah like you know i went to a couple more studio sessions started recording music and then you know luckily some people that i knew that were in the music business helped me out about releasing it because i was like i'm gonna just release it on instagram youtube like they're like nah man like you gotta wait like your stuff is you know decent it's you know got some potential so i just kept i treat i was treating it like football i was like the more reps i do the better i'm gonna get good at it um so i just kept going to the studio kept going to the studio so like i would leave class and as soon as we were done with school i would shoot straight to the studio but nobody knew this was just me yeah i had no idea nobody had an idea and so um once the pandemic hit, it was like, this is go time. Everything is at a standstill. People are forced to sit in the house. Um, Had you recorded your stuff before the pandemic or were you still going to the studio when this all happened? Um, I recorded stuff before. So like my first two singles that I dropped um, were recorded before the pandemic. Wait, which ones? The uh, Hope, the one I put Hope in my movie, right? Hope It's All Good and Damaging. Yeah, that, yeah, the one that's in my movie. Yeah, those were both recorded before. Um, let's see, the shutdown happened like in March, March mid like March 12th or something like that. I recorded those in like February, yeah. Yeah, because I remember in June, during our one of our final circles, I remember I was packing my class and you were like, oh, I dropped music. And I was like, what? I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Miss Fanica had known, I guess, another one of the teachers. She yeah. had known, but I didn't know. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, yo, I should put you in some projects. And you were like, yeah, sure. And who would have <laughs> thought it actually would have happened? Yeah, it was dope. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah I was just like, this is why not like let's do it right now um and i i just try to be like really strategic about it i have been fan been a big fan of music my whole entire life study so many rappers i mean like jay-z and just his whole movement from starting rockefeller records into where he's just made it to nipsey hustle who's one of my biggest inspirations and how he moves um j cole all really like thoughtful and strategic men and how they go about their career so i wanted to do the same thing so when i did mine like it was like super dramatic i like wiped everything off my instagram i had only had about like 12 pictures anyway wiped everything off my instagram so the first and i hadn't posted it since i haven't posted a picture prior to me releasing something like 2017 was like the last time Damn. so people didn't know like where i had even went so then the first time like you know they see me post again it was an announcement about music and uh i just wanted to to be reintroduced to everyone else as a musician. So there was no trace of athletics. There was no trace of traces of random sandwiches or like views of any other. Not random sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff that people <laughs> Instagram, like none of that. It was like straight music. Um, and so you will you- not associate Devontae McClain with that turkey sandwich he had back in 2016. Like, no longer. Yeah, you're going like, to pay the music. So that's what I wanted to do. And, and thank God it's gotten that's dope man do you feel do you feel like you have do you feel like what you've released so far is a representation of who you are right now because i feel like with music a lot of people 
um, for a lot of musicians, like as they grow their music changes or, and their music represents like where they are in the moment. I'm wondering, is that like where you are right now as a creative? Um, so I have stuff like recorded that is specific to that. Um, I wouldn't say all of my releases are just because, well, I, I sing as well. Very like, I'm not like a super vocalist, but I do have some ability. So my whole entire thought process. Like how humble you are. I'm not a vocalist, but I do have some ability. That's humble. Yeah, just, just that, that, it's just you. It's just it just encompasses it just encompasses who you are. So it's like not surprising that you would describe yourself like that. Yeah, man. I was just like, you know what? Let's just see what we can do. Let's just try some some different stuff. And my thought process behind like the marketing and like people who are who I'm trying to draw to my music was never really my Instagram following. Those are all people who already know me. Um, and those people are going to support regardless. Like they're going to go out and just grab it because they know it's me. They're going to listen to it because they know it's me, which I love and I appreciate that. But in terms of like building a real, real fan base, like a loyal fan base is going to go to like every single concert and stuff like that. I was looking beyond Instagram. So I wanted to just play around with a bunch of different sounds and not limit myself to like one avenue, which is like maybe just rapping um and different type of content like playing playing around with just a bunch of stuff i took this for lack of a better term like a red shirt year in football that's like you know you you practice with the team you do everything with the team but you don't play in the game it's not like a serious year but you do get better during that year so that's kind of what i took the first couple of releases as yo that's dope because i was i've been listening to your music and if you haven't definitely check it out he's fresh but um i think like i remember we were trying to figure out what song to put in my movie at the end and um I listened to damaging that was the first song by yours I listened to and it kind of just hit me and I was like yo this this works I said I don't know where I'm gonna put it but it's definitely gonna live in my movie somewhere and but then about time we had finished the movie you would release like three or four others so I was trying to figure out like oh do I want to stick with my with my gut and stick with damaging or do I want to go to another one but um, but the thing is, when I listened to all of them, I was like, yo, all of these sound so different. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is the um, which I think is the epitome of real artists. Like I think um so many artists nowadays, you listen to all their songs, you listen to their albums, and all the songs sound the same. Right. But like with yours, it they didn't sound the same. So I had a hard time figuring because by the time I went back to pick one of your songs, I knew where I needed it to go. Mm. And I figured that you would have a couple songs that at least sounded like damaging, but you didn't. Right. Especially for new artists, a lot of their stuff usually sounds the same. So, like, I was I was pleasantly surprised when I was like, "No, damaging is the only one I could pick because it was the only one that fit where my mind needed it to go." Yeah, well, the 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 thinking behind that was like, I don't, I'm so fresh in it. Like, I'm not even a year in. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not even a full year in. So, why limit myself to one sound? Um, I could do a bunch of different things, or let's experiment with it. And my engineer, who is amazing, his name is High Life Flow. Shout out to High Life Flow, High Life Flow Studios in South San Francisco, California. But I like your little plug there. That was that yeah, was, yeah, that's, that's, that was smooth. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was just like, man, like let's just play around with some stuff. Whatever inspires you, let's just um, let's just go for it. Like I got, I, I have stuff that hasn't even been released that sounds completely different than even the stuff that does sound different that I've already released. It's just about playing around with different sounds and developing a sound that eventually will get, that will shape up to be my sound. So that when you click on it, you're like, oh, that's Devontae. Like, I know that. But for right now, it's like, let's just play around with whatever. 
so one of the things that I keep hearing you say is that there's been a lot of people and like I mentioned, you just mentioned your producer and then you mentioned a couple of people that pushed you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little about that. Cause I feel like, especially when you're beginning, it's so important to have people in your corner that just stand by you no matter what, sure. but that aren't just yes people that aren't just like, Oh, everything you do is great. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I feel like I've gotten um, over the past year or so I've definitely built up a like, especially with like people know me as an actor, but this whole um, transition to like me doing this podcast and me doing my like writing movies and filmmaking um, have been like new for me. So I feel like it's super important to have people in your corner that like push you to like be better, especially when you're new in things, but also give you encouragement and tell you you're going down the right track. Like it, it's easy to tell someone, Oh, yo, this, this sucks. Right. But it's, and then it's, it's also easy on the side to tell people everything you do is great, even if it's not. So I think it's, it's important to find those people that live in the middle and give you, give you the correct feedback when it's necessary. Absolutely. I think that's important. Absolutely. And you, I think as an artist and as a creator, you also got to be honest with yourself. Mm. Um, You got to, you can't be naive and like live in like your own little bubble that you're the only one that's doing what you're doing. Because when you do stuff like that, I think you kind of think that everything you do is hot. And it's like, no, like there's a hundred people doing what you're doing. Everybody, they're hot. How you separate yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, that's humbling. (laughs) so many people trying to do what you're trying to do and if you think that everything that you do is just hot or surround yourself with people that thinks it's just stuff is hot you're in for a rude awakening and then because a lot of the times we think because a lot of the things that we create is 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 an internal thing that we're like in a space creating it like with you with your writing and you and then when you rap and sing that's like a thing between you and the mic and then same thing for me like when I write a movie or whatever or episode it's like me and just my computer so it feels like an internal thing and it feels super personal but the thing about art is it's collaborative at its best and when you work like you can create some bomb by yourself yeah but imagine when you get it with other people where it can go absolutely like um for example my movie i talk about this a lot but um it's just the thing i wrote so i apologize if y'all tired of hearing about it but um especially for people who who haven't get to see it yet but it's coming don't worry but um but I had an idea of what I wanted to do. Then I got with a couple friends and they kind of really elevated it to a place I could never have taken it by myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I had an okay idea. I like, I, I brought the framework, but they really helped fill the puzzle, the missing pieces and really brought the story to life with me. And that's what art is. Absolutely. Art is working with people. And yeah, you can do it by yourself, but why? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I 1000% agree. I mean, like, you know, it was so funny because when my first single had dropped, people would come in and, you know, texting me like, man, like you sound like you've been doing this forever. Or, it sounds so good. It sounds like this, like this. And I'm just like, man, I can't even take all of that credit because a lot of a lot of it is me being produced behind the scenes. Like, I, yeah, I may write the bars down. I may come up with the hook. But if I went in there and just said it how I intended it to sound, it would never come out the way that it does because I think on like, not like a surface level, but I just have a, a a certain idea when I go in that is like very fresh because I'm very fresh. I'm very new. So I have like this, you know, sometimes you put like this little ceiling or this little cap on like your ability and then take someone and be like, no, I think you should try this. I know it's hard, but you should still try this. Well, let's see if we can do because we don't know if you can, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of it is just me being produced. So like, 
a lot of the records that just come out and sound good that people say that sound good a lot of it is credit to our producer when do you get to the point where you this is an interesting thing as an artist because um I don't know if you've heard of the movie Jingle Jangle. Have you heard of it? It's a new Netflix Christmas movie with the. It's produced by David no. Talbert. It's no. It's like I think a, you referenced it in your last part too, right? Is yeah, it? I talked about it. It's it's um it's been on my heart lately, just because what they did with that movie is just like really unprecedented. Like yeah. having a black Christmas movie, you can't really name many of those. It's not a lot. And like of with a black female lead that's a child, that's like unheard of. Yeah. Like I can name 50 different Christmas movies, but they're all with white casts. So yeah. having a black, um, a black led Christmas movie that is not about them being black. Yeah. Is dope. And um, so I, I'm, I'm just super like we um, I talk about it a lot because we need to make sure that. Netflix knows and the studios know that stuff like this does sell and does well. So I'm like, everybody go watch it, go watch it. So they see so we can see more diversity and stuff. But um. One of the things David Talbert talks about was Netflix gave him an unlimited budget and he's, and he is um, a filmmaker at heart and he's really just kind of gritty and stuff. So he was so used to putting a ceiling on his talent and what he could do, but, but excuse me, but Netflix said, no, take the ceilings off, do whatever you want. So it kind of reminded me when you said you come in as an artist, when you want to put a ceiling on things. And I think a lot of us put a ceiling on what we can and can do. And sometimes it takes a person to basically break the roof off and be like, no, nah, go higher. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that ceiling, scary. at least for me, that, that ceiling came from what I know I can do. Like, I know I can hit that target every time. That's a layup for me. So let me stay in that layup line. And he's like, no, go try and shoot a three-pointer. Let's try and shoot a three-pointer. I know you never done it. I know it may not be a preference, but let's go try it. Um, Cause if it was just up to, if it was just me, I would just stay, you know, because I can do that all the time. And I know that people would appreciate that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, great lyrics. Oh, great content. Cool. But he's like, no, try to hit that note. Try to say it this way. Pause right here. Dramatic effect right here. You know what I mean? Stuff that I would never think about doing just because, you know, it kind of puts you in like an awkward uh, performance. You know, like when you're performing certain stuff, it's like we need more. We need more. We need more. And a part of you kind of like holds back because you know what it looks like to give more you can you have it in you but you know what it looks like you don't know if you're going to look funny to the audience you don't know if they think you're doing too much it's just so much that goes into your head um that yeah you put this because we as creatives we want to make sure that whenever we give someone something it's our best oh absolutely And, and when you when you're working at that ceiling like when you're working at that layup like you're saying you know you can do that and make it look dope Right. You know, when you give it to someone, it's going to it's going to sound good and you can stand by it. But if they're like, yo, try this thing. You're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And yeah, I don't know if people are going to like it because you've never tested it before. You don't know. And it's right. a scary thing being put out there. Absolutely. One thousand yeah. percent. I'll never forget this time. We worked on this song. Uh, we worked on, on a song that I'll be releasing uh, next year. But I have been trying to find the lyrics for this beat for like two weeks. I just knew I heard the instrumental. I'm like, I need this one. And I couldn't find anything randomly. I just lyrics popped into my head as I'm doing like data entry for like one of the kids. And so now I go and I, like, <laughs> I, swear, I go put the voice note. I've been, no, I told I've kids. been there. I've been there. Like you'll come right, up with the random right? things. I'll be in the, there are times where I'd be in the middle of a math lesson. I'd be like, 
yo, that'd be a dope thing for an episode. Yeah. Oh, the kids would be like, Mr. Times, I'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, snap. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. yeah. What's 36? What's 52? Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I got to pull out my phone real quick and write it down so I don't exactly. know. Exactly. That's what I did. Yep. I, yeah. I put, it, I put it in my phone, went back to it, to the instrumental. It worked. We're fast forward. We're in the session. We're recording it. I'm singing it. And we're like auto tuning the hook. We started with the hook and the auto tune like adjusted it, but like made it hit this like really like high particular note that was like memorable, like it's stuck in the brain. Like, and he was like, don't worry about that. I'm gonna I'm fix that. I'm like, okay. So like, as it's replaying, it's sticking in our head. It's something that you can't ignore. And he's like, that sounds kind of dope, huh? I'm like, yeah, like that's hard. He's like, you think you can hit that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. That's hard. Like that's high. Do you know what note it was? Uh, we got to sing it, but just like yeah, I do remember the note. I do remember the note. What it was, was it? <laughs> was it? Like E? Like what was nah, it? Nah, it was a. It was like a the the lyric was show me, but it was like show like show was high. I'm not I'm not gonna do it. It was show was high. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay. And he was like, you I was hoping you were actually. I, I asked you that because I was hoping you're gonna slip up and just sing it for us. I know. I said it. I know. I, I almost had you. I almost had you though. You 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 did the finger. Yeah. You did the finger like you were about to go up there. I was. Yeah. You seen it? Got yourself. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. He's like, we'll just try it. I'm like, okay. So I stand up and I'm like, let me hear it again. He plays it like a few times and I do it. He like, perfect. You should have recorded it. And then we go in there. We I sing it that away. The record finishes and it sounds like that part you remember that part and when it comes out like you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But I originally had a ceiling on what I could do, afraid of you know what I mean. Like I knew I could sing it in that kind of like cute little bubbly tone, but he's like, no, nah, like try that one. And had he never had we never even experimented with that, I would have you know what I mean. I would have never even known. Yo, for I had this. There was this um, when we first did the um, first read through for Reunited um, with the cast and everything. Um, the script was basic. The um, the first three quarters of the script basically it stayed the same. But one of the but a couple people brought up a big a big like um, plot point that I had never that I had never thought about, and it, the what they were suggesting we do was terrifying and that for me and i was like yo but i don't know if i could do this and this is and this is me as a writer i was like what they were suggesting was going to basically me have to rework the last three quarter the last quarter the last like quarter of the movie last like 20 pages of the movie and i was like i don't know if i could do this because i know you've probably been there where you're like i've given this everything i can Mm -hmm. i don't know what else in me is there to give but there but everyone Everyone in the cast was like, yo, this would be dope. And then my team of like people that helped me create the story, they're like, no, you need to do this. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. So I literally just sat at my computer for a couple of days and was like, I don't think I can, I don't think I can do this. And eventually I was just like, okay, well, screw it, let me just try it. And once I was done, I was like, yo, this is even better than what I wrote originally. Yeah. It's that whole idea where that just sometimes you just need that push. Mm-hmm. You just need that that person to help you take it there yeah and sometimes we know that we can do it you know what i mean like there's something in us that knows that we can do it but over time just life and and things that you experience 
creates this hard shell of your uh not drink uh what's what's the word like what you think is impossible like you know at one point you were really willing to try anything that people thought was impossible but over time life kind of just showed no you can't do stuff like that and so you just carry it like in the art you know what i mean like which is kind of crazy to think but imagine about. if we didn't put limits or stuff on right we That's just kind of went into space and was like let's just let's just let this be what it's going to be and i'll just do whatever i need to do imagine where we'd all be absolutely there's, there's so many great artists and there's so much talent that gets squashed because of external forces, obviously. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. A lot of it, it's people stopping themselves. Absolutely. Like when you think about a lot of actors, there's so many good actors out there that we don't even know about because they didn't go to that one audition because they were tired of hearing no, because mm -hmm. they thought that's all they could do. There's so many writers out there that didn't write a movie because they have a great movie idea, but they're scared to do it because they're scared of getting rejected. But it's that's something that people need. There's so much fear as a creative yeah and i think we have to we we've we've got to conquer it absolutely you got to yeah. get over that fear and i'm still learning to do that every day like i still get mad nervous when i go in the studio and i've been to so many sessions like i recorded with the same producer the same engineer since i started and every single time i'm still nervous like i'm still nervous to sing i'm still nervous for people to play music around me like i'm still fearful of that judgment of this is me being vulnerable in this and like the crazy part about it i haven't even spoken about the most vulnerable things in my life but even the stuff that i have shared i'm still like i ah, just don't play that around me because i don't know what you're gonna think when you hear that i don't want you to look at me differently like you know what i mean i don't want you to judge me like it's it's, it's crazy but the moment i'm hoping one of my goals in 2021 is to get rid of that because i think that's that's the difference between the level i am where i am now versus the next level you do you still get uncomfortable? Like it's easy to, I feel like sometimes it's easier to, as a creative to take negative feedback a lot of the times. Cause you're like, oh, this is gonna happen. Like you expect that. But right. the thing that's been hard for me is taking positive feedback. Absolutely. Like that's hard still. Like when people are like, yo, I like what you're doing. Yo, I like this, I like right. this. I'm just like, ah, oh, really? Why? I'm like, and a lot of times I'm like, do you like it cause it's me? Or do you like it cause it's genuine? Like, what is it? Like, um, I, um, someone that I really respected said they liked something I did. And I was like, oh, you just like this because it's me. Yeah, yeah. And I downplayed their, I downplayed their whole, their whole positive critique, I guess, of a project I had done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, and I, and I really had to kind of check myself to be like, yo, don't, you can't do that. Because mm -hmm. it's so easy to downplay yourself, but it's so, but it's hard just to say, okay, you don't, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like we kind of, or at least I'll, I'll speak personally for me, I think I do that because I'm not in the position that I once thought I should have been at this age. Like, you know, like when you're younger, like you think that 28, I'm 28 now, I thought 28 was gonna look a lot different than what it does, did, really? does right now. Now, granted, I'm still very blessed, I'm not complaining one bit. And I think that things happen for a reason. But I thought that I should be far better off than what I am now. And because it doesn't look and feel the way that I thought it was supposed to look and feel, when people compliment my art or just anything about me, I almost reject it as if I'm not if as if I'm not worthy of the compliment because the aesthetic doesn't look like the compliment that you gave me. 
Same. You know what I'm saying? Like Same. it doesn't look that way. So like I don't, I don't, I reject it. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough. I don't feel like my value is there, not because of what's inside of me, but because of what's around me. If that makes sense. Thank and you I don't for know more why. eloquently putting what I was trying to say. I feel like you basically took the <laughs> head and just like you you basically made it to a song. That was dope. That was dope, Devontae. I feel like Man. You, I really feel like that. Yeah, no, because I feel like I, when I was 18, I had goals that I was going to like, I was going to be like, quote unquote, uh, household name by 29. And I'm 29 now. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm slowly, I'm making the steps forward to get there. Absolutely. But so when people like, oh, this is dope, this is dope. I'm like, no, it's not. Because it's not where I wanted or where I thought I should be at this level. Absolutely. It's basically disrespectful to the art that you've created. 1,000%, 1,000%. And it's not, you're not appreciating mm-hmm. uh, not only the art that you created, but like your process, your individual unique process. Like there's lessons that I've learned throughout my 28 years of life of it shaping up this way that I would have never learned had everything turned out the way I thought it should have. On the, the timing that I thought it should have. Like, there's certain lessons that I had to pick up this way that I'm grateful for. So now that when that vision in my head of what I should be living like and looking like and all this type of stuff does happen, I'm going to have a little bit more wisdom in that position because I know certain lessons along the way versus just getting it when I thought it should have happened. And some it goes back to this whole idea. It's, it's an old school idea, but sometimes we limit what some people don't believe in God, but and that's cool. I do yeah. I'm say this, but um, sometimes we limit what what God has for us, absolutely in our mind. And sometimes we want this thing. God's like, nah, that that's not for you. I got something different. Just wait, just wait. And we have to remember that what we have right now is for us absolutely. in this moment. And sometimes we forget them. We're like, yo, this isn't where I want to be. But you just have to trust the process and trust that the talents and the gifts that that were given in you by the Creator are going to get you where you need to be. Okay. And sometimes you limit yourself by wanting to be this X, Y, Z. Absolutely. When God's got this bigger plan for you already lined out and you could do what you want to do, but I'd rather. Oh yeah. Follow, Cause his dreams and goals for me are bigger than what I can even think about. No, 1000%. I think that we, I think that once, once we get rid of what it's supposed to look like, what we think it's supposed to look like, it's a much more freeing energy because you allow for endless possibilities because you're going to always, as long as you keep like that certain, like, especially like time, like when you think like, no, it has to happen by this time. It has to happen by this time. You kind of like, you kind of like mess up what can kind of go, what blessings come your way in the time that it was originally meant to go your way. Like if you just speak like, no, it it has to happen in, 2025 well it could have happened in 2022 you were so stuck on 2025 that you missed 2022 when that was really a but you know what since you want it your way let's let's get let's wait till 2025 and then you get to 2025 and you get what you wanted but you wasn't like it it don't feel the same you know what i mean it's just certain stuff that yeah yeah this this um it's such an interesting life being a creative and I feel like because we don't because there's so many other factors in what we do like a lot of times with the regular job like teaching for example you you just you know teaching is actually different because I think teaching is a lot like being a creative so I can't I'm not gonna use teaching as an example but um 
someone that works in like tech, you, you go to college, you get the job and then you just right. do that. And if you do good work, you get, you get, um, you get to be successful at it. Both the creative, you can do all the right things and it's still yeah. not work out the way that quote unquote, you think it's is supposed to. Absolutely. Because there's so many other factors that go into it. Oh, 1000%. 1000%. And it's so much more personal. I feel I and it's not I feel it, it's just a fact. Creating is just so much more personal. You put a piece of yourself out there for everyone else to be a judge of and to get to the level where I think we all want to get or where we all some where we you know where we all want to get someone else has got to like and appreciate our stuff. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing. Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing that has helped me with that piece that you just said is I got a, I got some advice from um, an old friend of mine who was, he, we were lifting weights actually. Yeah, we were at the gym, we were lifting weights and I was in between um, different teams, like, you know, just trying to, um, no, not team, sorry, like pro days. I was trying to get a pro day tryout, which is like where all the colleges come and they check you out and stuff like that. And this was like a year after I had finished school. And not none of the coaches or like managers were telling me no, but just like the water people or like certain people who weren't even in that position to tell me no were telling me no. And he was just like, never take no from anyone who can't give you a yes. Yo. So like from that day forward, I don't really trip about like, small validation like you know what i mean like at the end of the day there's there's a whole world outside of the bay area like i'm not gonna trip because this one small community of people don't like my stuff like you know what i mean i guess that's kind of like what i'm going back to with the instagram following like you know what i mean like this is i can have all of canada love my music and america not give two shits like you know what i'm saying like um so yeah i i, I yeah we this whole idea of validation is so interesting because to my earlier point you need it at a certain point as a creative but also yeah. we don't want to be relying on it 1000% and it's a and it's a real balance and i feel like some of the people that i respect in the craft the most do it in a way that i don't understand and i really yeah. wish they would write a book and talk about how to do it cuz like i think about someone like um i think about someone like i think of an actor or something that's like at the top of their game denzel washington Talk about him a lot. Him, he, he's an actor. He's one of the most critically acclaimed actors of our generation. Yeah. And you, and it doesn't really seem like he cares what people think, but we know that he has to. Yeah. He does. I mean, he, he needs a check as much as everybody else. Absolutely. But like, how does, but how does, how do you get to that level where you stop letting people's validation affect what you do? That, and that, I, I want to know that. Does it come with after? Does it come with after getting enough positive acclaim? What does it come from? So I think that, that piece, I need. An I think that looks. I think that looks differently for everybody, for everyone. Like you know what I'm saying. I think that's a unique thing, and the reason why I say that is, I think you got to know what you stand for at the end of the day. I think you got to know who you're trying to impress before you even get started. So like before I even got started with stuff, I wanted to know who I'm trying to impress what the goal is out of this whole entire thing. You know what, can I push you real quick? What do you mean who you're trying to impress? I don't know if you're doing music to impress people. Do you mean no, exactly. affect people? Um, and I could be wrong. 
I say impress in terms of, okay, so like if, if I'm not trying to impress anyone, then I don't need the validation is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, mm. I feel like when you try to seek validation, you're trying to impress someone when the goal is not to do that. Like at the end of the day, my goal with this music stuff was to release a lot of stuff that I have held in over the years of my life. I'll enjoy doing it. Um, and to ultimately make it, my career, my life. Like I wanted to be one of those J. Cole S type artists. That was it. As far as like seeking real like validation, like I need people's approval, that was never a part of the plan. Like, so the moment that I get to that, I'm almost in trouble because then I'm catering to what the, like that validation. I'll be in the studio and like, I'll have to rewrite some other stuff. I'll think about different, write on different topics that I have nothing about just because I need that validation to kind of like comfort my art and put a stamp on my art when I already know, you know what I mean? Like when it's personal to me and I know that it's, it's what it's supposed to be. Um, so I think, yeah, if you know what you stand for as an artist and as a creator, I think the valid, I think you can kind of turn them not a blind eye to the validation, but it won't hold as much weight because some people are going to appreciate it regardless. Yeah, because validation is is this idea where basically what you said, where people put a stamp of approval right. on your work, and sometimes that can't be that can't be enough because then you're just left up to humans. Absolutely, to control what you do, and that and if we were left that, we'd all be screwed. Like going to and then it's like who you who who do you want to validate it? Like, do you want the 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 record execs and the people at the top to validate it, like that cut the budgets? Or do you want the people that identify with like mental health struggles or poverty or people in love? Like, do you want them to validate it? I would argue that I would rather have the people's validation and like love and appreciation for the music than the record exec who was out of touch anyway and really ain't tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me when you talk about that kind of Tyler Perry's idea, because you can just say whatever you want about Tyler Perry. He's very clear that he doesn't care what Hollywood thinks about what he does. He's made that very clear, and he's done that for 20 years now. He knows the people that watch his stuff, and he Absolutely. caters to them, and he just seeks their validation. Absolutely. And it's so funny that him doing that with whatever, however small his market is, he is the most successful person in Hollywood. Absolutely. Say what you want about Leonardo DiCaprio. Say what you want about, like, Ryan Gosling, all those guys, those guys ain't worth billies right? and have their own lots. Yeah. Like he has his own lot. Like his lot is bigger than Warner brothers, no, like absolutely. Marvel films at his place because yeah. he worked towards that market and didn't yeah. care what anyone else thought. So absolutely. that's an interesting idea that you bring up. Yeah. And I think is, I think it went once, once he got not to that point, but like along that journey, it's less about validation and more about responsibility. Like I have, I don't need the validation, but I do have a responsibility to represent a community of people that gets overlooked. I do have a represent, I do have a responsibility to hire more people that look like us. I do have a responsibility to touch on some of the things that go on in our culture. I have a responsibility. I don't need to be validated, but I do have a responsibility to be authentic and to like share our story. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the kind of idea that I'm really pushing myself towards, especially with um, a project that's coming out that I've got in the works right now. I feel like I, I feel like me just as a black creative, I feel like I have to make sure that I help the other black creatives 
that are coming up under me. And I know I'm not at a level to say that people are under me, but there are people that are just getting started. And I feel like I, um, it's my responsibility to really kind of help and give them. Cause I think when, when one of us succeeds, it makes it easier for the person that comes after. 1000%. And I, especially people of color, especially black people right now. So I feel like I'm trying to make sure that what I'm doing represents our culture and gives a positive voice to our culture and tells stories of our culture that we don't often get to see. Like, especially um, I started looking for a while at like what black content was produced in like TV and movies. And I started seeing the same characters, the same stories and the same tropes, so to say. So, and I wanted to think about, and then I started looking at, and then I started thinking and comparing those to the traditional like Hollywood stories, which are like the white stories. And I said, why does, why does there get to be so much nuance and, different just variations of stories when it comes like white Hollywood, but but with black Hollywood, it's really kind of limited and, and into a box. So I said, I'm going to flip that narrative and I'm going to tell the same stories, but with our people in mind. And obviously those stories are going to switch because we have different stories and stuff. That that's basically what I've taken on as my responsibility because we don't, because we don't get to see that as much. Not at all. Every time you see a black movie, it's all it's all it's always like trauma filled. It's always like there's always something going on. We rarely get to see movies of black people existing. Yeah. Just going to work and it's like doing what they're doing and dealing with those struggles. But I can name 40 movies with white people doing that that came out this year. Absolutely. That get critical acclaim. One thousand percent. So that's that's kind of like the responsibility that I'm taking on. No, absolutely. Which is a really interesting point that you bring up this responsibility idea. Yeah, and I think that's a I think that you taking on that responsibility is dope because it takes people to recognize that that's um, an issue. That's something that needs to be addressed. And you're not knocking at the door for the opportunity for somebody else to take initiative. You're like, I'm, I got access. Um, and the great part about that is, is you're saying like, you know, I'm just, or like for people that are just starting or I'm not like as big, but if you know how to, like you can do a lot with very little. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot with very little and then it grows over time mm-hmm. so you recognize your leverage your platform your position as powerful enough no matter what what it looks like it's powerful enough to start the movement and the conversation and the change like i think that that is dope and inspiring like and it's going to take more people doing what you're doing and like what tyler perry did um and people like that to just say like all right i'm not knocking on the door for them to do it i'm not gonna wait on them to do it I'm going to just take this in my own hands and, and we'll create it. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that's what it takes in order for everything else to kind of switch, if that makes sense. I feel like you're also doing the same thing as well with your music, because I feel like there's there's a bunch of different musicians out there, but the story that you are going to tell is yeah. going to be unique to so many different people because you don't you're not coming from a life that a lot of people come from. Yeah. And you're going to, and when you do get to that level where your stuff is like out there for everyone to listen to, I mean, it is right now, but when it starts getting like, when you get to that radio level, when you get to that level, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be people that are going to be like, Oh, I relate to Devante McLean more than I've ever related to these other people. Absolutely. And you're going to tell stories that people haven't told before. Not you're going to, you are telling stories that people have not heard before. And there's going to be people that are be like, dang, I understand what he's going through. No one's, talk to me like that so you're doing the exact same thing too man just in your we're doing it two different ways but we're doing it absolutely absolutely yeah. taking taking on crafts and creating that change that um and creating those powerful movements 
for sure. I would definitely say um, that was another thing that kind of stuck out to me when I first started doing music is sometimes you think you're just sharing your story. And then like people that hit you about how they identify with what you just said or how they always wanted to speak about something but never could. Or I'm just so glad you're touching on this because I feel like it gets ignored. Or I can't wait to see what you say next about this. Or I can't wait to hear you elaborate on that more. Like, have you ever, like people open up and feel more free about certain things that may that may may have bounded them in the past because of just what we're taking initiative to do. Just by like a story that you're writing, you know what I mean? A, a song that I'm releasing, it's like, dang, I, I always felt like that, but I never felt like I could speak about it. That makes me feel like I can speak about it. Somebody does get it, you know what I mean? And I think back to, to kind of bring it back full circle, I think that's the responsibility versus the validation. We don't need no one to stamp our stories and to stamp our reach, but we do have a responsibility to keep it authentic and original as possible and to be of the people, you know what I mean? And speak to the people because ultimately that's where the power is anyway. Especially being people of color when any sort of voice no matter what be and it's just how we are as it's just how it's just the box that we've been put in especially as black people and black men we represent our culture in whatever we do white people don't have that white people don't have that um cross to bear just because they get to their actions stand by themselves what a white person does something it doesn't represent the whole culture but a black person does something it represents all of us and i think it's our responsibility that when we do something it's got to be we've got to know that we have that cross to bear on us because if we mess up the person that's coming behind us has it all the more all the more harder but if we're successful the person that's coming from behind us has it easier absolutely so to say and we and we have to know that anytime we put something out there it's going to be a reflection on our community and our culture Absolutely. no matter what Absolutely. and i mean that it sucks because it's a because we we're all there's so much nuance in the black community especially yeah, but um and i hopefully that changes one day but for right now that's where it is mm -hmm. and i think we need to we need to go into whatever spaces we're entering knowing that absolutely yeah i think that also you know i think that also has a lot to do with what, knowing what you stand for. What do you stand for? Um, one of the greatest pe uh, pieces of advice I received was from a manager that started his own independent record label, um, Playrunners Association um, in Oakland, California. His name is Delancey and he told me, you know, you ready for this? This is at my first photo shoot. He goes, you ready for this? Because, you know, once you turn those lights on, you can't turn them off. Like once the light is on you, you can't turn the lights off. And that stuck with me, like, since he said, and this was back in, like, this had to be, like, June or May when he said this. And it still sticks with me to this day because that's so true, right? Like, you got to know that once you step into this, to this position, that the light is on you, all these things come your way. And if you're not ready for that, that's okay. But make sure you get out of the way. So like, if you're not ready to, to carry that cross or like, you know, to be the one that's gonna take all the hits first and all that type of stuff, that's fine. Nobody's forcing you to do that. But step aside so that somebody else who is willing to do that can push the movement forward. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree with what you just said for sure. No, oh, that's real and that's scary. 
It is. It is. It is scary. And that's why a lot of people halfway do it or, or don't try and do it. You know what I mean? Because it is scary. It is um, terrifying being the first of many or the very few that did go and do it. But somebody has to. Somebody has to. And, you know, you, you got to be ready mentally for what's what's about to come. And if not, if you're not ready, that's fine. Again, like I said, if you're not ready for it, it's fine. We just get out the way so somebody else can do it. And that's the whole idea. And sometimes why not let it be you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because this whole idea, because we, circling back to another idea we talked about, we want to sometimes put limitations on ourselves. It's like, oh, you know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Blah, blah, blah. I got to do all these things. But you have everything inside of you to be successful. You have it all. And granted, there's you're going to learn things on the way. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to mess up and and nothing's going to stop that. You're going to fall flat on your face. It's just going to happen. Things are not going to go the way you want them to. You're going to you're going to hear no's way more times than you hear yes no matter what level you're at. Right. So why not just start where you now and just do it? Yeah, and Put the thing about- out there, be that voice that is not that people need. No matter what platform you are. If you have well, 4 followers on Instagram, do that. 1000%. Yeah. You don't need many yeses. That's the thing. Sometimes yeah. you only need one yes with the take off. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's kind of like the optimism that you got to hold on to in this whole entire thing. Yo, that 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 hits different, Devante. That hits different when you said that, because I feel like we so often want all these opportunities and stuff. And sometimes you just need one. Yeah, you just need one. That's it. You just need one. Yes. Again, my brother right here who plays for the Jets. Shout out to Leo. He told me that a long time ago. We taking all he was his thing was like you know we're taking all these L's just for that one W, all you need is just one. You don't need uh, very many to to make this stuff happen. So as long as you can keep going and keep that in the back of your brain as you keep checking along, boom. Yeah, these lessons hurt, these L these lumps hurt. Yeah, these you know sometimes it gets tiring, but all you need is one. And if you keep going, you will find it along the way. What do you think would be your advice to the person that's coming up that's like just starting out and they want to do it no matter no matter what version of creating mm-hmm. that they do, whether it be like an artist or a musician, an actor, writer? What advice would you give to them that you wish you had gotten when you first started? Don't rush. Why? Don't rush. Don't rush into um don't rush into certain things that you think you need like label situations like management like teams like videos aesthetics like don't don't get caught up in like the glitz and the glamour of it and just take more time nurturing the art and i don't want to say perfecting because it'll never be perfect but you know what i mean like take care of the art um and the reason why I say that is because I think it's so easy to look now on our phones and scroll at all the best of the best that are doing what we want to do. And so just subconsciously, we measure where we are versus the best, someone else's best. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, so we completely, we completely like just disrespect our whole entire process. And then we try to skip steps, but those steps are important. And so what happens is, is you're going to try to skip the steps to get there and then life going, boom, knock you right back down to square one because you got to learn those along the way. So you rather just take your time. 
um, with this thing and learn those important lessons before you. Yo, I'm so glad to ask you that question because that that what you just said there, like we measure our worst by someone. Well, you didn't say this, but this is like where I'm thinking you measure your starting point by someone's by someone like three quarters of the way in the game. Really, you can't do that. Yourself. You're going to discourage yourself every time. You should not do that. But that's what I, I used to get caught up in doing that. I was caught up. I in think I still that. get caught up in doing that. I do too. Yeah. I, I was, uh, and Instagram was like the biggest piece, like, especially because like now I have to be on there a lot more and posting content and stuff like that. Yeah. I look at certain artists that, um, that I think are cool or like other artists that are, I may think I'm better than or whatever. And I'm like, man, like how come they got so many, but I don't have as much. Or how come their pictures look like this, but mine don't look like this? How come this, you know, I just doing the comparative thing and it never works. Like it's completely like ignoring everyone, your individual unique process. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, the crazy part about it is you don't even want what they want. Like, let's like, let's start there. Like you don't even want what they want. Like they could be chasing something completely different from what you even stand for morally. But all because the aesthetic is different, you like, dang, like, why my stuff don't look like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's the dumbest thing, but we just conditioned to do it. Yeah, no, that's real. And I feel like so many of us don't even know that we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. You really hurt yourself by trying to compare yourself to other people. Absolutely. And you hurt your art because then what you start doing is you start comparing your art to their art. You know what I'm saying? So like if, for example, like, like I can never go and and do an album right now and measure it against jay-z's blueprint and be like dang if it don't sound better than blueprint like it's not worth nothing it's like that's stupid like first off that was his however whatever number of album it was yeah. he had way more access to like production and all like producers there's money put behind it's a lot it's a lot of other pieces that there's we just don't even care there's some differences there. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's stuff that we don't even care to think about that we'll completely ignore, but just the imagery, like, you know what I'm saying? Or like, you know, if it doesn't reach a hundred thousand streams or a hundred thousand views, it's no good. It's like, no, people don't start out that way. Like when you say that, it makes me think of um, someone like Beyonce who like, like um, I think we were in the generation that kind of really watched her career progression and I think we've seen her like, cause basically she is, she, she's in, in terms of music, she is the top of the game right now. And no matter what genre she, she's it. And I feel like um, we saw her in like the destiny child era and we saw her just like, and when she became just the entity known as Beyonce, but even just like that starting and we've seen that shift and a new artist comes out and they're like trying to be like, Oh, I'm trying to be the next Beyonce. It's like, well, you, you got like 20 years. Of like yeah, practice yeah. to get to that level, it's just not gonna happen. One thousand percent. Like when she came out, she wasn't trying to be the best artist in the world. She was trying to just do her. Right. And like, and at the time, the best artist in the world was someone like Michael Jackson. And at this point, she's like not even forty yet, and she's about to surpass the records that he has set. Absolutely. Like she's already the most decorated um, female artist of all time, and he's the only artist that's in front of her. So once she tops him. She'll yeah. be the most decorated artist of all time. So it just like, but she didn't go into that trying to top Michael Jackson no, or Whitney Houston. She went in there just trying to do her. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should never. You should never do that. I think, as far as like a creative, when you come out and you want to be like, I want to be the next 
at least when you do it publicly, don't do it publicly. Because what happens is, is sometimes you set that up and then the public will compare you to that. The exact yep. same thing that you said. And then you're going to think you're a failure because you're never going to measure that. And the thing about it is- And they will tell you. And the public will tell you. She, yeah. And she's the best at it. Like you, I think yeah. like, it's Beyonce, right? So like, she's the best. Why would you want to be the next Beyonce? Like if her bar is up here, you got to spend so much time chasing that instead of just building your own, whatever that is. And you could even go higher, but you spend so much time chasing- what the other person is doing and you're never going to get there. And this is different from saying, let that person inspire you. Cause clearly Beyonce was inspired by Michael Jackson. Go to one of her. Clearly you can watch her watch, look at a Tina Turner performance, look at Diana Ross. Clearly she was inspired by the people that came before her, but she did not set her bars at their level. She and her father and her team focused on just being the best her that she could be. Yeah, absolutely. And you, because when you do that, you allow all the possibility, the possibilities to happen. Like you keep them for yourself. Anything is possible. You know what I mean? Like if you measure against the best of the best, you're going to fall short every time. Because they've are, we've already seen the best publicly. So we're going we gonna to remind you every time. Like, no, that ain't Yonsei. <laughs> Yonsei didn't do that. No, she's better than that. She yeah. sings way better than that. She danced way better than that. She performs way better than that. And no matter who you are, you're not going to be better than Beyonce at singing and dancing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, just not even do that. Just go yeah. be the best you. <laughs> That's so real. And it's so funny that we, we as a public try to compare all these entities together because whenever a new female artist comes out, especially if they're Black, they always get compared to Beyonce. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do we do that? It sucks. And it's just like, let people be who they are. Yeah, I think... I think people compare because we have like this mentality that like there can't be many of, or there there can only be like one at a time because we haven't seen a bunch at a time. That's why I like female rap right now. Female rap is like. Who's your favorite right now? I think I already know who you're going to (laughs) say. My girl Meg. Yeah, yo. (laughs) Meg. Meg. Yo, good like news Meg. is fire. Good news is fire. I, you know, funny that I have not listened to it yet. I, fire. I don't listen to much rap like that no more. Now that I've been creating it, just because I just, I don't know. But no, I feel I, you. It, Sit down and listen to that album. It's not, it, it's not, it's different. Yeah. It's different. Okay. It's totally yeah, different. I like her. her. It's totally different than our other EPs. Oh, really? Totally different. Okay. Totally different. She's yeah, like her flow. She's, she's got this one song on there that sounds like something the weekend would do. It was so really? yeah, it's different. It's different. Her album's fire. But then she, sure. she has her normal, like quote unquote Meg, her Houston style stuff on there, but she also has some, yeah. It, whoever produced her album did the damn thing. She 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 did she did the damn thing. That's what's up. Yeah, I I I like Meg, I like Rhapsody. I like um, City Girls. I like all. I like all the different type of just the angles and where they come from with it. Uh, he actually does a song with City Girls that is fire too. Um, I don't really like City. I like them when they're featured with other people. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel about um, what the hell is his name? Um, uh, Ty Dolla Sign. I don't like him by himself, but I like him when he's featured with other people. Whenever he's featured, he's fire. But I would never sit down and listen to a Ty. Do- I tried. I can't do it. Him by himself when he's featured with other people, I always I always jump on it. So I think Ty Dallas sign, I think Ty's uh his music is 
unique. And when I say unique, his is more of like where you are in your life at the moment. Mm-hmm. So like I could listen to like Ty Dollar music, like his album that just came out. I listen to it. I don't listen to it every day. Um, I like the slower, more R&B Ty, because that's where I am in my life. But like this this album that just came out, I cut that on at a college party back when I was in school, and, and I would play it all day because it's fit for like the party go out. Like it's fit for that. Okay, maybe. Okay, so I feel that maybe I just wasn't at a place where I can recognize or like yeah. or truly appreciate it's, where he was at yeah it's not it's not a quarantine album so like a lot of the music right now like you you hearing it from like isolated like inside like a lot of stuff is like depending on where you hear that too city that. girls i like their music i like their uh i like their stuff when they buy their stuff too i like i like all of it i just like i like when they be talking that shit man I do, because like, <laughs> like rappers, you know, rappers be getting it, been getting it off for years. It's like you know, women just talking that shit and say what they saying. It's like go for it. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think it's so funny when um that whole WAP controversy came out. It was hella funny because I was like, I was like, they've been doing this forever. Like nothing that was said in that song was all that bad in comparison yeah. to other stuff that Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B has done. I just thought that for once, people, it was a. It was a billboard track so that everyone started hearing it and it was two of the biggest female MCs at the time doing a song together. Because if you listen to Megan's stuff by herself, oh, for sure. songs that are way, way more. For sure. And Cardi as well. So like, it was just the fact they were together and everyone was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, but rappers have been talking about the same stuff just on a different. 1000%. And we all let it stand still. Yeah, we all let it stand still right now. Everybody's forced to pay attention to stuff, so you're getting the backlash and like the, the, uh, the outrage from people who were like never would really even listen to it if the world was moving. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's people who are like forced to sit down and it's coming up on TV and it's like, oh, like I'm offended at that. But it, if the world was spinning and the coronavirus wasn't a thing and we was all outside, you wouldn't even listen to it. So you know. that's true. That's true. And also, it's so funny. The more hate they got, this the more views they got. It's just you made them more money by talking about it because more people that never would have thought about it. There are so many grandmas in the middle of Minnesota that were like, what is WAP? And probably typed it on their computer and found out real quick. And the crazy part, the, the beauty about it all is you don't have to ever play it. Like, you, you could easily turn it off. Like That's why I thought it was have- when they were like, oh, our kids should need to be see this. Well, don't let your kids watch it then. They're not, they're not your child's parents. You're yeah, your they're child. also not making music for your child. Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are not in there thinking about what is the, what does a kindergarten kid what does a kindergartner need to play at their next graduation? Oh wow, yeah. they're not thinking. They're like, not, <laughs> man, they're not your kids. They're not your kids' parents. They're not. Yeah. No, that's your job to filter what your children watch. Which goes to the point of black women are also are often put on this pedestal there that they have to be at a different level. Because where was all this nonsense when Miley Cyrus was like twerking with Robin Thicke? Where was all that conversation saying she wasn't a role model? Actually, no, she didn't get that. Yeah. Never mind. She did get that. Did she? I didn't. I, I didn't even well, yeah, because she was a Disney kid at the time. So parents were like all mad saying, mm-hmm. oh, you're a role model for our she kid. Man, she's an like, adult, though. Like, she's going to be mad. At, like, she's an adult. Like, yeah. she was old enough at the time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like. So many people. We put so much responsibility on, on artists to, like, be role models sometimes. And I feel like not all artists need to be role models. Let's let them be what they are. Well, I think I, I do agree with that. I also believe that if you listen to people's music, you don't know what they stand for. 
they tell you in the music what they stand for. So what happens is like people kind of confuse me, not confuse me, but like I always get a kick out of like when something controversial happens and they're waiting for like musicians to like stand up and say something. It's like, bro, all they've ever told you about was they money, guns and women. Like money, guns, money, guns and hoes has been a topic for eight albums and now you think they're gonna come out and be political? They told you what they stood for. You should be mad at yourself for putting them on the pedestal. Yo, you should be you should be mad at yourself for putting that up there and not going to like support the conscious artists that speak against the very thing that's making you mad. No. Money changes people because he was clearly he wasn't thinking yeah, about that. He was thinking about the money because he was worried about that 400,000 that Biden was talking about. <laughs> no, as well, it's like. I mean. I don't even like if, if anyone knows, because I had people that was talking about that too, that was talking about, you know, the tax on the rich and 60% and stuff like that. It was like, first off, y'all not even in that bracket. Let's start. Why are you talking about it? Secondly, like if you know anything about people with money, they always have a bunch of write offs, yeah. for like stuff. That's why they got so many foundations, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they got loopholes. They're not just paying taxes. Like, come on. But, you know. Yeah. It's at a certain point where we, and I think some points we have to kind of, we sometimes forget that celebrities are not always supposed to be people that we look up to. We, they, we do look up to them, but they're not, they're not always supposed to be people that we look up to. 1,000%. They're not always the right people we should be looking up to. That's why, I, that's why I'm very hard pressed to have like celebrity role models and stuff, just because you can't, you don't know what they stand for. You like their art, you can respect their art, but that doesn't mean they need to be a, oh, I worship this person. No. That, that's yeah. too much for me. You know they're human. People, none of that stuff. Exactly. Because they'll flip on you one day, and your whole life will be flipped upside down. Yeah. Because yeah. they'll just say yeah. they'll say well, they'll get canceled, and you'll be canceled too by worshiping them. Oh yeah, that cancel. Yeah. yeah, they they canceling everybody for saying the one wrong thing. That's why I'm very careful about this podcast because if I get to a level one day, I don't want anybody to come back when I get that Marvel contract for directing one of the new movies. I don't want them to come back and be like, hey, you said this on July 15th on your podcast, you're fired. You know they're going to dig it up. You know they're going to search that's it. Why I make, that's why I'm really careful about everything I say. That's why I edit this stuff to like the T so you, <laughs> you can't really pull nothing on me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's smart. Because you never know because they'd they be going to the cuts. Like once they found, um, do you know who James Gunn is? I don't. He directed Gardens of the Galaxy. One okay. and two. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they went once they found tweets that he had written back in like 2009. They found those tweets like 10 years, like three years ago. They found those tweets and he got fired because of them. Wow. And I was like, yo, you, you, people, people are desperate. They no, will find they'll, anything up on you. They'll dig it up. They'll dig, they'll dig it, it up. up. People, people will find it. So I'm like, I hope nah, they don't nah. do it to me. So people, when y'all watching, like, don't do it to me. I promise. I'm not the same person that I was years ago. But well, you did. deleted that sandwich pick, so I mean, <laughs> to bring it back to where we started. Once you delete yeah, that, I don't, I don't eat turkey no more. Straight fish, like I don't eat meat at all, so we're good. Yo, I saw that. Can we can we talk about that real quick? I didn't know you were a vegan. Now, I'm not a vegan. I'm Wait. like, uh, oh, you're not a vegan. Why did I think I'm you were a vegan? Because oh, you just had you posted these vegan cookies that one day. So yeah. I just thought you were a vegan. Hey. Why else would you eat vegan cookies if you're not a vegan? Well, because I don't eat dairy. I don't eat dairy. That's why. Dog, why not? It's bad for you. Dairy is terrible for you. Yo, but milk and cookies are like fire. Yeah. And cheese? No, you don't eat cheese? Don't eat cheese. Dog, you tripping. Miss 
Devonte. I'm glad I knew this beforehand. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I didn't know this beforehand because I might have had to rethink our guests this week. <laughs> I should have yeah, made the whole topic cheese. That should have been our opening topic. Should have literally been cheese. I love it. I love it. I just don't. I, I don't really know about it. I'm, I'm Peter. I'm sure can relate to you. He's our <laughs> producer. He he's lactose intolerant. Cheese is not his best friend, but he still eats it. So, but I don't understand how you don't. Do, do you miss it? Causes, nah, not really. It causes oh. mucus like in the body that is like we don't we don't have to do that. Don't disrespect cheese like that by putting you it. Up like, <laughs> you can take my cheese. <laughs> yeah. Peter Peter said you can take my cheese from my cold dead hands. Yep. yep. <laughs> and I don't blame you. You you die with your gouda or your cheddar. I can't do the cheese. I can't do the milk. I don't do red meat. I don't do chicken. That chicken? chicken? That was the blackest thing I've ever said in my life. But um <laughs> no, your facial expression was what did it. <laughs> chicken? Like, chicken? Everybody eats Mr. D. I don't eat eggs. Devontae, all I used to see you with was with when did this start? Um this is not this is totally off topic, but we gonna we gonna stick with it. Um because I remember when you were in my class, you used to have them glass plates. And there, I definitely saw some chicken in there sometimes. So this, this definitely ain't a new. This yeah. definitely is a new. Periodically, like I would do it. So like when I was playing football back in like 2018, I had gave up meat for like three months. Um, and so I did like little stuff like that. But this time I wanted to just like the pandemic is what did it. So once the pandemic had t- taken place and they was talking about like healthy digestive system all this type of stuff and i was just doing like a little research on stuff like that and I like, you know, no i respect anybody that has like done a restrictive diet during this pandemic like i feel like luckily enough i didn't gain any weight during this pandemic and i'm shocked like at all i like actually lost weight so i'm actually proud of myself because i like was still working out at home and stuff and eating better but I, I i tried to find more flexible diets so i couldn't really do like those restrictive diets like i was seeing other people do like getting rid of meat and cheese, like what you're yeah. talking about. Cause I was like, life is restricted enough. So I'm not trying to restrict my plates. Yeah, no, I feel that. I, I had this conversation last night. I'm like, gosh, like, wouldn't it just be amazing that like, you could just eat whatever you want and like, you didn't have to worry about stuff. And I, we need to invent something. I think that's the next step. We got people on the moon. The, I don't know if they're there right now. They're probably not, but we can put people in space. Why can't we let people eat whatever they want and not have consequences? Devontae, just, we should work together to build that. Yeah, if they just stop toying with the food, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, make sure we strike. Well, like, maybe it's like a pill. Maybe it's like a powder we put on food. Something that, like, gets rid of, I don't know. It tastes good. That's all I know. No, we can, we can do that. We can do that. Just because sometimes you just want the taste. But not yeah. the but not the consequences. Yo, that's a dope. Sometimes you want the taste, but not the consequences. Can you write that in a song? I, I yeah i need that to be yeah put that on put that on and then um i just want those like one little like writing credit that's all i want yeah yeah, yeah. i got you (laughs) want the taste but not the consequences yo if you don't get that someone's gonna (laughs) you're gonna be mad that you didn't jump on it that's gonna be a like meg's that's gonna be on meg's new track or for real daisy's magna carta four like you don't know so like jump on it mr d i'm giving you full permission to take it right here i got the gym okay making sure making sure y'all heard him he's gonna take it so yeah yeah it's me jay drake none of y'all no be cool i got that 
Drake would turn that into a club banger in five minutes. It'd be a wrap. It'd be the hardest thing we And all the kids at school would be saying, you want the taste, but not the consequences. It so would the one song that we would remember forever. Like, he's just turned into something that we would always have to hear. You know what? This I'm going to move into another section right now because I actually want to get your opinion on some things. So we're going to move on to the um, to the hot seat section. And I'm going to ask you a series of nine questions, okay? Miss, um, I, I need to stop calling you Mr. D. Devontae knows what the questions no he does not know what the questions are i apologize he does not know what the questions are but he knows they are coming he does not know what the questions are but he knows they're coming so Devonte, your job right now is just to answer them honestly and um don't really think about it too much just answer them okay okay you ready are you nervous do it are you nervous no not really good he because you notice he was nervous in the beginning but now he's feeling good he's comfortable okay Okay, so you know what? I'm going to ask this anyway, even though you're not a vegan. I'm going to ask this anyway. Favorite vegan meal? Because you do eat vegan meals. So I'm going to say, what's your favorite vegan meal? Waffles. That's dope. Um, question number two, dream collab. So, you know, I'm going to set this up for you. You get to pick three artists and you got it. So basically, here's the, here's the rules. This has got to be like a top 10 hit, like Billboard, Radio. You and you get to pick three artists. One of them has to be a female. Who's on this track with you? Um, be and like, what are they doing on the track? Are they singing the hook? Are they get, just taking a verse? Are they producing? And the idea is that we're trying to shoot for a Billboard top chart. Yeah, Billboard top ten. Like, it's got to. It can't be like a. It can't be like a B side. It's got to be like, like it's on the radio. Like, Automatic if, if One Hundred Six and Park was was around still, it would be like their number one video. For y'all who don't know, automatically, I gotta put, I gotta put Drake on there. Okay. Um, um, What's he doing? Is he just, is he just hitting a verse? Nah, he gonna do like the, he gonna do the verse and he gonna sing the hook. Okay. But like he gonna do the, he gonna do like the little catchy stuff that he does, like when he does his little verses. So like, um, out like a light, hey, yeah, like a light, hey, yeah. Like, you know, he gonna do one of them. He gonna, you gonna let him just be Drake, okay? I'm cool. gonna let him do his thing. Um, and then a female. Wait, how many more people I got? Just one more? Two. Two more? Oh, Chris Brown, immediately. Chris got to be in there. Chris got to be in there. Bold choice. Um, and then, some people out there that are going to be mad Chris Brown. Just a heads up, but it's cool. <laughs> Why? Chris is the GOAT. I'm, I'm sure many people. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Good. Chris, I, with the old Chris Brown situation, of course what he did was wrong. Yeah. He was 19 when he did it. It's been over 10 years. And not only that, not that time erases anything, but the woman that he did it to has obviously forgiven him, from what, from what we know, has forgiven him. Who are we to sit here and condemn him every single day of his life and not allow him to grow and mature into the person that he could be if we just like let him do that? Um, and he also doesn't owe us anything. Right. He did that to a specific woman and he made amends with that woman and they worked out whatever they, they worked out. For some reason, we feel like we're entitled to um, his redemption. Like he don't owe that to us. He owes that to himself, to his like for his family and for the young lady. And then that's it. Like we don't get that right, because here's the thing. Like we want second chances in our lives and we don't get to move the goalposts on what those second chances are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would like to think that if I made a terrible mistake and I had made mistakes in my life, I would like to think that people would um, 
not forgive me because it's not up to their forgiveness, but like allow me to have my second chance, just like I would allow you to have your second chance. I would allow you to move on. I would, we, you know. No, that's a valid point. I feel like it's something we don't talk about because we talk all, all this time about, and this is a tangent. We'll go back to the question in a second. We talk so much about um, Amanda Seals, who um, has a podcast I really, talk, I really enjoy called Small Doses. And she talks about this whole idea of cancel culture, but we don't have an idea for like redemption culture. Mm-hmm. Like we're so quick to want to cancel somebody, like especially because nowadays it's so simple. You write a wrong tweet, you're canceled, you're done, blah, blah, you lose everything. But for some people, there needs to be a way for them to come back. Absolutely. And if you do things that you can come back from. And I think there's certain people that can't come back, like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, they're done. They've done R. Kelly, done. Like when you do certain types of things, but I feel like we have to look at the person and see like, are they trying to? So I feel like we need to, yeah, I think we need to figure out how to, how do we, how do we let people redeem themselves? And I love the fact that you said he owes us nothing. Yeah, I think it's got to make the amends and he's got to do his thing. And I think um, there's got to be things that you do and there's got to be actionable choices. I don't know if he's done them yet, but that doesn't mean he should. That doesn't mean he still shouldn't be able to do what he wants to do. Like, and it doesn't mean that he hasn't. Yeah, true. true. Like, God point. Valid point. Yeah, Just like, don't mean that he hasn't. Like the thing about it is like we think that we are owed this certain thing from celebrities and like pop culture and stuff like that we're not we don't own these people these are humans like they owe us nothing they share their art they allow you to experience their art and their lives and stuff like that with bringing you into instagram live or whatever they choose to share with you is a privilege it's not a right we don't have a right to know his his redemption process and what that looks like and what and we don't get to come up with the qualifications and the rules of what matters or what counts and what doesn't we don't get to decide none of that. Fam, if you let us know, cool. If you don't, cool. I would just hope, I would hope that that you and her have hashed it out and, and y'all went through that healing process. And then that'd be that. Like, you don't owe me anything. Okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. You're right. Okay. We're going to go back to the question. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake, Chris Brown. Drake, Chris Brown. And then oh, Chris no, Brown doing on the track. Actually, Drake, Drake is doing a verse. And he may do the bridge. Chris Brown singing the hook, and then we need Megan. That would be a fire track. Yeah, I thought you would say somebody. I I knew you'd pick Drake, and I knew you'd pick Megan. I just knew that when I drafted up this question, I totally thought you would put someone on. I didn't. Chris Brown was a hot take. I totally thought you put someone on there like, um, like J Cole or The Weekend or something. No, nah, because if I do J Cole and Drake. People not gonna want to hear like a top, like if we trying to shoot for Billboard and it's like top ten, um, that track is gonna sound really rappy because those are just two dudes who can who compete in that sport of yeah. just bars. Um, so we don't need that. We need the balance. Like Drake can give you the bars, but he also like he creates that like club hit that everybody want to hear. Everybody rushes immediately to go listen when Drake drops. Chris Brown is another one that draws a bunch of attention. Um, with his hooks and then Megan got a bunch of money behind her right now the mach- machine that is just not gonna let her flop so and she's also and she's also got the talent behind it because she, she can honestly stand oh. next to some dudes and out rap percent so it's like all of them got massive machi- machines behind them that that makes them uh that helps them succeed and they got big followings and yeah yo what do you think of Jack Harlow random question have you heard his stuff yet I heard two songs of Jack Harlow what do you think? I like him. 
Yeah, no, he's hot. I think um, he he's he's got some fire behind him. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, he yeah his stuff's hot. I feel like he um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what he's gonna do because he actually he, yeah he he's interesting. That whole because when I listened to him on the tap in remix, that was the first time I heard him, and I thought he was black. And then I listened to the stuff, I was like, oh, he's white. Okay. Yeah. And then I started listening to the stuff, I was like, oh, this kid, this kid, this kid's got yeah. I heard about Jack Harlow because uh, some family of mine went on tour with him. And oh, what they think? This is before. No, they like him. They like he cool. He cool as hell. This is before. Uh, like the what's popping like, remix and all that like, stuff. Got, yeah, this was way like way before that. So, uh, but they had nothing but great things to say about Jack Harlow. Yeah, he's he's one to watch. I feel like he um, his um, debut album's dropping this month, and because um, he's had a bunch uh, for like three or four EPs, but his debut album, I, I'm interested to see. And like, from what I've seen, he like it. Jack Harlow will work because, like, like for rap, like we automatically compare the white rapper to Eminem. Eminem, yeah. No matter who it is, we always do that. But he just looks so different from Eminem, yeah. That we don't even do that. One, two, he's in a specific like generation where it's more about like melodic rap, yeah. And he has like he doesn't he's not necessarily in that like do that but what he did he's able to like ride a beat like you know what i'm saying like his bounces a little bit differently yeah because he's from um, kentucky yeah he's what he's from kentucky that's why oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, and then he he looked like the kid down the street yeah it was like the look works it's not overproduced it's not overly done it just looks like because and the interesting thing to your point so many of the younger rappers that are coming out look like takashi and look like little pump little pump and all those guys he came out with a totally different look like he was not trying because like takashi and little pump they were all trying to be things that they're not like yeah, yeah. never i mean let me not say never but like he it's clear he knows he's a white kid in this and he's just right. and he's not moving away from that he knows what his box is absolutely yeah yeah you, that's how you find your community like yeah. a loyal fan base He's kind of doing that thing that Little Dicky did, but just not comedically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think the thing with Dicky, we ain't know like if he was for real or like joking. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? like that was his. Thing. I don't think he does. I think he's found his niche now with TV. I think that's where he's gonna stick. I think yeah. once he got that FX show, I think he's like loving that. So I don't. I'm sure he's gonna drop an album here and there, but I don't think he. I think he was doing it more so for to bring awareness out there, and he just was really good at it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. it's interesting, but I honestly think he's this TV and acting thing is where he's gonna stick because he's actually not bad at it, and it makes that's him more money. So, I mean, that's what's up. I haven't seen any of his stuff, but that's what's up. Bro. Yeah, watch his show. Um, question number three. So you were on Swing, right? That's how you got to Valiant. Yes. Okay. What's your favorite job besides Valiant, obviously, that you've had with Swing? Um, Franklin Elementary in San Jose. Fourth and fifth grade class. You know, I already know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say it again. Who's your favorite rapper? I already know the answer. J. Cole. J. Cole. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Favorite quarantine find? What's the best thing you found during quarantine that you didn't know about before? Object or, like, or just anything like TV show, movie, music, musician, workout. Um, favorite quarantine you can find. 
I would say um, information about the music business, like just in terms of how to go about it, like booking, like booking, uh, like photographers, video people, um, and, and tapping into that whole piece. Cause I, like you think you can just go in there and record and like, and then that'd be it. But there's so many other different things that I just didn't know. So learning about that was definitely Nice. Uh, what's your biggest inspiration? Biggest inspiration? Um, I think my biggest inspiration is I'm hung up on this. I won't say I don't. I don't know how it's the word, but I'm like hung up on this idea that like I'm supposed to be big in terms of like like I'm, I'm supposed to be sitting at the top of like whatever it is that I'm pursuing at the time I won't limit it to just music but music is definitely one of them um, but like you know I also have business aspirations I have community work aspirations like all of that stuff but I just know that I'm supposed to be big I don't know why I don't know necessarily even how sometimes but that thought keeps me up all the time it keeps me overthinking stuff a lot of times um but it has been one of the driving forces that i knew like at an early age and i mean young like i just knew that my life was so i was i was supposed to be big and not necessarily like in a in a like receive a lot of glory or like fame but just impact wise, like I'm supposed to impact the world in a big, massive way. I'm supposed to help change a lot of stuff. I'm supposed to employ a lot of people that get overlooked. I'm supposed to change a lot of communities. I'm supposed to make great music and, and have thousands of people rocking out in the crowd. I'm supposed to come up with new ideas and, and hire people who have great ideas but don't necessarily have the credentials or like the the leverage to get to where they want to get to i'm supposed to just be this thing that just reaches out and helps a bunch of people make stuff happen that gets overlooked i just know i'm supposed to when that will happen i don't know but that's what inspires me every single day like and i yeah no i love that i love that question number eight what do you miss most about canada The thing I miss most about Canada is, and I wasn't even there for very long, but the thing I miss most about Canada was being by myself enough to figure stuff out. I was out there alone. I was on a, I mean, I had, I had a team, um, but I was on a team. I didn't know nobody. I didn't know anyone in the city. I didn't know how to get around. Everything was like in French. Everyone spoke French. I let the first the first language over there, and I was forced to like go out and figure it out. And it was like a, it was downtown, so it was like the city life. And so like you know, at night everyone's like it's cold too, so everyone's dressing like you know the very very scarred, like they fresh, like everybody's fresh over in Montreal for some reason. But everybody's just walking around and um, just feeling that energy of just like being in a being in a whole different country. Um, and being forced to like figure it out and trying to make something happen from nothing in a place and in an opportunity that most people wouldn't even 
think I would get to that I didn't necessarily think I would get to but of course I couldn't let everybody else know that like something inside of me was like dang I don't know if I can go there then when I got there it was like dang like I don't know if I can stay here but I was there and so uh yeah I just miss being in a place where I'm just forced to figure that out that's dope man that's dope I was not expecting that I was expecting <laughs> like food or something was... <laughs> okay last question it's one of my favorite ones to ask people you get to give your 10 year old self some advice, but you're limited to 10 words. What are you telling your 10 year old self? Ooh. I'm counting. And you got to fill all 10 words. Right. Ooh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's one of the ones. Um, I like how this is the one that got you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 10 words. Sheesh. I would really sit me down to, hey, just sit down for a moment. Um, start now. Let it go. You'll be okay. Two more. Be patient. That's 10 words. It's dope. I like that. I like how you like made them little like mini sentences. I like yeah. that. Most people take it as one like phrase. You're the first person to break it down like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Smart. You know what, Devante? I have had such a great time with you today. I feel like I, as usual, I'm inspired, and this kind of this this one hit different. To quote SZA, this hit this, this conversation hit different for me today. I feel like this is really what I needed to hear today, and I feel like it was inspiring to me. And as usual, just talking to you, and I feel like this is, and I'm I'm so grateful because I've gotten just to learn, and I don't think you ever realize how much you taught me, like just being in my class and just the conversation and the patience that you bring to things. You you always you taught me so much in the time that we got to spend with each other last year. And this just really helped me learn just even more just about you and just like about your process, you. about what you're doing. And I feel like I know so much more and I'm walking away from this conversation really with some things to think about. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much for being here today. Of course, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm humbled by the opportunity. Thank you for the words, definitely mean a lot. Just like I said before, like back in our in, in the beginning of the podcast, and I was talking about like you know sometimes we reject the compliments and stuff like that just because you know just how we see our stuff. And I found myself doing it again, but I'm embracing them. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, man, this was great. I had a lot of fun. Thank um, you, sir. But before before we leave these people, I'm gonna ask you two things. First thing, where can they learn hear more about your music? Because people are now going. Some more people are going to be interested in your music now hearing this. So where can they find it? Yeah, so my music, um, anywhere that you stream music, you'll find it, whether that be YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music. You can purchase it on iTunes, Tidal, um, Amazon Music, any of those platforms, and whatever streaming service. I have Pandora as well. Um, yeah. Nice. Find me just type nice, in Devontae. And Devontae McLean, right? Just one. How to Yep, Devontae McLean. First last name. Yep. He's also on Instagram too. Do you have a Twitter? Um, I do have a Twitter. Yeah, well, you can follow him basically on all the social medias. Find him. Yeah. You won't you won't regret it, folks. And the second thing I want to ask you, um, what's the thing you want to leave our audiences with before we head on out for today? Um first off, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting not only uh me for future supporters but also this podcast and Thomas because he's a great guy um, but before I leave I want to say whatever that you're thinking about doing start it just start it now the answers that you think you need 
to have before you get started will come along the way. You just gotta keep going. And I mean like any answer, it will come to you. Just keep going. And, and you don't need to be validated by other people. You don't need the aesthetic to be perfect. Things don't need to be perfect. You can make a lot happen with very little. Just get started and, and, and go. And be unapologetic about it. I think that's a perfect way to end it, folks. I feel like <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, and I, I'm not even going to try it. So thank you all so much for joining us today. Um, we'll see you all next week. Have a wonderful day out there. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Stay blessed. Thanks for joining us, folks. Yeah, thank you.